Hi, this is Jerry McGee with Abiding Life Ministries. Welcome to Overcoming Life's Obstacles, Blog Talk Radio. We'll be teaching the first and the first and third Tuesdays of each month from six to eight Central Time, and hope you'll continue to listen in. I trust tonight the Lord will bless you and give you a word that will be forever uh, life changing. We all need our lives changed. Um, Abiding Life Ministries, you can go on my website. You can go to jerrymcgee.com. That's G-E-R-I, McGee, M-C-G-H-E-E.com. And there's things, uh, there's articles to read, free CDs to listen to. And so we hope you'll visit our website. Also, if you're in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, we teach a Deliverance and Healing Meeting, the second Saturday of each month from 10 to 4. It's free to attend, and so we'd love to have you. If you'd like to schedule a meeting in your area, you can contact me at jerrymcgee at sbcglobal.net. And so tonight, what I want to share tonight is a message on button pushers. You know, we all have areas of our life uh, where... We could be having a happy day and somebody will look at us a certain way or say something to us or um, do something or don't do something, whatever we think they ought to do or they shouldn't do, and we get our buttons pushed. Uh, You can be a kind of person that just kind of has, um, keeps it inside, a person that just kind of stuffs emotions. Um, you can be the kind of person that um, you wouldn't dare let think, let anyone think that you had a, they, that they had offended you, and you'll just kind of feel it kind of creeping up your throat, and it just kind of stays there in your throat, where you get your feelings hurt. Or there's other people that will explode in anger. Um, it'd be like a lion out of a cage. They'll be having a happy day, and somebody will push their button, and it's like rawr, and so. Everybody better get out of their way. But we all have had these areas of our life, and that's what I feel led to talk about tonight. So let's pray before we start. Lord, we thank you and praise you that you're the teacher. We ask, Lord, you bring to my remembrance everything you've said. Lord, we ask in Jesus' name that even if I say it wrong, you'll cause people to hear it right. We pray, Lord, that you'll baptize me in your Holy Ghost power, and I pray that for every person who's listening in. Lord, I ask that each person that listens in will have their life changed. Lord, I pray that my life will be changed. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just ask you to cover us, every home, uh, cover Dorothy Carruthers and her family with the blood of Jesus. We ask you to send your ministering angels to minister to every person, Lord, who's listening in. And, Lord, we just bind and break every word of death, every word of iniquity, every curse, assignment, satanic ritual spoken over us. In the name of Jesus, uh, we bind you, Satan, principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, wicked spirits in heavenly places. We bind you in the heavenly places and on this earth. We forbid you to work with, communicate with, make contact with anyone on this earth or in the heavenly places to work divination against us. Father, we ask for your mighty anointing. We ask for your ministering angels to minister to us. We bind every spirit that would not confess Jesus Christ as Lord. We bind every spirit that would cause people to hear things in a crooked way. In Jesus' name, 
And those of you who are listening in, I wanted to remind you that uh, at the end of the program, you can call in if you want prayer. And the number to call in is 646-595-478. Forget to press 1. And so when I get through teaching, I'll wait and see if anyone wants prayer. And if not, we'll close the show. But anyway, a button pusher is a sore, raw place down in the heart that just doesn't want to seem to come to healing. You know, it's kind of like uh, when you're a kid maybe riding a bicycle and maybe you uh, catch your your heel in the spokes of the bicycle and it'll form a scab and then, you know, the scab gets knocked off and then it'll form a scab and it gets knocked off. And so a person with a wounded spirit is kind of like something gets scabbed over and the scab gets knocked off again. But every person... Uh, has these areas of their life. And I can remember a time when I had many, many button pushers and God taught me how to overcome these things And um, that I know of. I don't have any right now, but if one pops up, I'll say, okay, Lord, show me, um, show, it, show me how that got there. And what I do is I forgive my mother, father, uh, whoever, I break soul ties, And as I repent, God heals that sore place in my heart. But button pushers come in when, as children, and it can come in generationally through the mother and father having button pushers because the sins of the fathers pass on to the children to the third and fourth generation. That's one way it comes in. We could be born with them. They come in because uh, in, in life circumstances of how we're growing up, if we don't go to God, we turn to something else. You know, God tells us, do not let the sun go down on your anger uh, because you'll give a mighty foothold to the devil. So these are areas where we've given foothold to the devil because we let the sun go down on our anger. And little children don't know they can go to God because parents model for us a picture of what God's like. And if our parent violates the word of God in training us up, Every place that a parent violates the word of God in training us up, uh, we have, we're provoked to anger in that area. We may not feel angry, but any time a parent violates the word of God in training us up, we automatically have an issue. Well, little children don't know they can go to God in their pain, in their being neglected or not loved or rejected or whatever happens. They don't know they can go to God. So what we usually do, because we've not been taught to not let the sun go down on our anger, is we turn to something else. Like, for example, when I grow up, I'm going to find someone who loves me. Or when I grow up, I'm going to find someone who will cherish me or who will take care of me or who will listen to me or who will value me or whatever. And so if I don't turn to God in my pain and I turn to something else, I've turned to an idol. And what happens, every place I've turned to an idol, I have a sore place down in my heart. I'm wounded. My spirit man is wounded in that particular area. But if I would, for example, say uh, as a child I'm not being loved and I would forgive my parents by the time I go to bed till Sunday, you know, if I forgive by sundown, then I don't have a wound in that area. But little children don't know that. And because of that, we all have many, many wounds. But the good news is God wants to heal all of your sore places, all your button pushers. God loves you so much. The best thing uh, to get healed, though, first of all, we've got to be born again. Many people, in fact, probably 90% of church members have never been born again. They just believed in Jesus with their head, but it's never got down in their heart 
for them to have a born-again experience. And that's the greatest deliverance anybody could have. But many people stay sick and wounded because they've never been born again. And then even people that have been born again because uh, churches basically don't teach uh, that we should repent of our sin. That's so sad today that most churches are not even mentioning the word sin. Sometimes people, uh, pastors are afraid they'll run off their big tithers or they'll um, make somebody mad or offend somebody. You know, we have to be careful that we don't offend God. And all of us have offended God. And But the, thing, the, the great thing about God is the scripture says in 1 John 1, 9, that if we confess our sin, God is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And so in our pain or in our hurt or our woundedness, we'll do one of two things. We'll either go to God and forgive by sundown or we'll turn to something else which becomes, which is an idol, and that idol will set us up to keep reaping, reaping that same hurt until we take accountability for it and forgive uh, and, re- and repent in our own life. And so uh, for, wherever we turn to an idol, we're going to have a sore place. We'll have a wound. Um, years ago, I didn't know that I had a wounded spirit because I grew up with a, a really good mother and dad. They weren't perfect, uh, as no parent's perfect, but... Uh, I really had a good mom and dad, and I didn't know I had a wounded spirit. But because I was overweight as a child, um, I was criticized by, you know, my daddy couldn't stand fat. So um, they were constantly, we owned a grocery store, and they were constantly after me about my food, about eating. And so I didn't really realize that I had a wounded spirit, but God gave me this message in 1987 on a wounded spirit. And um, I went home for Thanksgiving. And, of course, I was being really good. I was on a diet. And and the big treat, I was off of sugar. And my big treat, this is gross, but I would eat a bowl of all bran with sweet and low. And that right now, that thought of that is just disgusting. But anyway, that was my treat. And so everybody was, you know, how they do on Thanksgiving. Everybody's eating and they pig it out all day and they're eating desserts all day and they don't stop. Well, I was being really good. And about 5 or 6 o'clock, I made myself a bowl of cereal. And my mother said, no wonder you can't lose weight. You're eating that this late. And I just went in the other room. I could just feel that, you know, I would suppress the hurt, but I could just feel it just kind of creeping up my throat and just kind of staying there. And so I went in the other room and I said, Lord, thank you for showing me that I have a wounded spirit. So that was the first time that I ever did self-deliverance. I never had done it before, did not even have the faith to believe I could do self-deliverance. But anyway, I I, uh, took accountability. I forgave my mother. I did self-deliverance. I broke soul ties with her. And just forgot about it. And so the next day, I went out to minister some, to some people and came back. And, and 5 o'clock, I made, our, I made myself the, the cereal. And she said the very same thing again. She said, well, no wonder you can't lose weight. You eat, you eat it that late. And you know that that didn't even faze me. And so I knew that that day I had got delivered in that particular area of a wounded spirit. And we can have hundreds of areas. Uh, the Bible says a hot-tempered man abounds in transgressions. That means he's got lots of these button pushers. 
And so um, I delivered me from that particular one. And, of course, there's been many, many places I've had wounded spirit over the years and have dealt with it. And, and God has brought me to the place where I don't have a wounded spirit. But if I did get my button pushed, I always say, okay, Lord, where'd this come in? What are you trying to teach me? And I deal with it. I forgive. And then, you know, I do self-deliverance, which James 4, 7 is deliverance in a nutshell. James 4, 7 says, give yourself to God and resist the devil, and he, and he has to flee. So that's all deliverance is, is, is repentance. Give yourself to God through repentance and resist the devil, and he'll flee, and you get delivered that way. And God heals those button, play, button pushers in our lives. You know, all of our negative emotions comes out of a wounded uh, uh, part of our personal spirit, uh, I'm not talking about, you know, the Bible says that our spirit man is is joined with Christ and we're one with him. And um, I'm not talking about, you know, Jesus doesn't have a wounded spirit, but I'm talking about our human spirit. Each of us are born with a human spirit. And, um, and so when we turn to God in our pain, uh, we get delivered and we get healed, but we turn, if we don't, we turn to something else, and then we'll stay wounded in that area until we bring that to the cross, until we repent. Uh, in Luke uh, chapter 6, verse 35, it says we're to look deep into the source of our problems. It says the good man out of his good treasure um, brings forth what is good, and the evil man out of his evil treasure brings forth what is evil. And so we begin to store treasure in our hearts from the time we're a living being. It comes in generationally. It comes in through uh, storing things that have happened to us, things we've done, sins we've committed, sins that have been committed against us, things that we haven't taken to the cross and haven't forgiven. Those are the things that get stored down into our heart, and it becomes a treasure down in our heart. And and if it's a good treasure, it produces good. And if it's an evil treasure, it produces evil, evil fruit. And so you can know what's been stored in your heart by what comes out of your mouth or what you are thinking. In Matthew chapter 12, verse 33, it says, For make the tree good, it says, either make the tree good and its fruit good, or the tree bad and its fruit bad. For a tree is known by the kind of fruit it produces. You brood of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak what is good? For the mouth speaks out of that which fills the heart. The good man brings forth out of his good treasure what is good, and the evil man out of his evil treasure brings forth what's evil. But every careless word a man shall utter, he shall have to give an account of on the day of judgment. That's a sobering thought. Why is it, and he goes on to say, by your words you'll be condemned, and your, by your words you'll be justified, and by your words you'll be condemned. Why is that? Because what comes out of your mouth reveals what's truly down in your heart. And so that's why that we'll be justified by the words we speak, or we'll be condemned by the words we speak, because it reveals what truly is down in our heart. Now, if you minister to people, all you have to do is listen to what comes out of people's mouth, and you'll know the source of their problems and know how to help them. In, in Matthew 15, it says, uh, Matthew 15, 17 says, do you not understand that everything that goes out of the mouth 
goes into the mouth, passes through the stomach, and is eliminated. But what proceeds out of the mouth comes from the heart, and those are the things that defile a man. For, for out of the heart come evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, slander. These are the things which defile a man, but to, wash, to, to eat with unwashed hands does not defile a man. From the time a child is six years old, or by the time a child is six years old, the structure of his character is formed. By the time he's ten, the structure of his character is set in cement. That's why uh, we all need to be born again. It says in Second uh, Corinthians 5.17, If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things pass away, and behold, all things become new. You know, I accepted the Lord when I was 18 years old at a Billy Graham crusade, but I kept on cussing. I kept on telling dirty jokes. I kept on, and my life didn't change. Basically, I got baptized, which basically was just taking a bath because I wasn't born again. Five years later, I, I was going through some things, and my sister was going through a divorce, and I wanted to help her, so uh, my grandmother used to always tell me to read the Bible, and I'd say, well, grandmother, I don't understand the Bible. And she'd say, well, honey, if you would ask God, he'll help you understand it. So because my sister was going through a divorce and going through a, a difficult time, I wanted to help her. So I started reading the Bible looking for answers for my sister's problems and found the answers to my own problems. And when I, got to the, when I read the scripture, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature, old things pass away and behold, all things become new. I thought, that's what happened to me. I wasn't even a church member, but I knew that everything about me had changed, so much so that about uh, two weeks later, I was in the kitchen. I can even tell you the direction I was standing when a curse word came out of my mouth, and I said, Lord, that doesn't sound like anything that should come from a Christian. And that day, 54 years ago, God delivered me from speaking profanity. And so I can praise God that, you know, you cannot explain a born-again experience. But so many people are looking for answers to their problems, and they're believers. They believe in Jesus, but the Bible says the devil and his demons believe. They believe in Jesus. They, they um, prayed the prayer. They go to church, maybe, uh, possibly, more than likely, they go to church. But they've never been born again. And it's, if, you've, if you've never been born again, you can't explain it. You can't explain it, but it's a time when everything about you changes. Does that mean you're perfect? No, but it means that God gives you a new heart. He says The scripture says he takes out your stony heart and he gives you a heart of flesh. And so if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. And that's what happened to me 54 years ago. And uh, it's been a process of God a working junk out of me. We're all a work in progress, every one of us. We all have stuff that need to be dealt with. But don't allow button pressures in your life. Don't allow fear. Don't allow anger. When these things happen, when you get your button pushed or when you are fearful or when you're angry or when you're depressed, ask God what the source of it is. Ask him what's been stored down in your heart. What happened to you as a child? What happened to your forefathers? And forgive. Take accountability. You see, deliverance is impossible without forgiveness. Either I need to get forgiven for something or I need to forgive someone else for hurting me. And when I don't forgive, I get turned over to the tormentors. And in that area that I hold unforgiveness, I'm tormented. 
And the word torment means um, it means inquisitor, which is a jailer that stretches him stretches a prisoner out on a rack and tortures them till they get what they want. Or uh, it means um, uh, let's see, board inquisitor means demons that inflict pain. It means the pain of disease. And if I don't forgive and don't seek forgiveness, eventually that'll work out in my body and physical physical problems. And I can tell you that behind sickness is unforgiveness or someplace I need to get forgiven. And that's not something that's too much received today, but I can tell you that um, medical mistakes and prescription drugs is the number three and four killers of people here in the United States. If you've ever watched uh, some of these commercials of these, some of the drugs they offer, they give this long list of things that could happen if you took it. You have to be, you know, and if you're taking medication, I'm not trying to condemn you, but you better look on the Internet and find the, find the, the negative effects of, of the drugs you're taking because every side effect becomes another disease. And so you can't get healed if, if, you're, if your problem is side effects from some drug you're taking. And so um, I tell you what, the only kind of pills I take are gospel uh, because the Lord heals me quicker than going out to the world for answers. But that's between you and the Lord. But God has shown me that sin is behind sickness. And that that's not anything that anyone wants to hear. But, you know, <clears throat> for example, I've shared with people that have a physical problem. <clears throat> you need to ask the Lord to show you what, Sin is behind this, <clears throat> and they'll say to me, <clears throat> "Excuse me." They'll say, "Well, I've repented of everything I know," and and most people have. But we've been talking about the treasure that's been stored down in the heart, the evil treasure, the good treasure, and so the evil treasure, if not dealt with, will produce sickness in your person's body. There's just things that you know on the surface we can be so repentant. But there's been things that happened to us over our lifetime that we've long forgotten. And so we have to look deep into the roots of why we have what we have. And God has an answer for everything we go through. Uh, there's no, nothing that's too hard for God. And so uh, <clears throat> so we, we need to ask the Lord to show us whenever, whatever problem we have, Lord, what are you trying to teach us? Because God allows things in our life to teach us life lessons that will help other people. And so we need to be born again. It's only a transformation by God's mighty power within us that can reset these negative defaults in our life. You know, the Bible tells us parents train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he'll not depart from it. Well, the Scripture says just the opposite of that is true. Train up a child in the way he should not go, and when he's old, he won't depart from it. And so until God brings a change, until we take accountability, uh, these defaults can be changed. And a default is like, <clears throat> to explain a default, is like a default on a computer. Um, a, a computer is set at the factory to do certain things. And, for example, uh, it get, there's about 300 different uh, letter styles called fonts. And so you can type a letter using any one of those uh, 300 or so font, but the minute you go into another letter, it kicks it back to the way the factory set it. So the way the the way you were set at the factory is how you were trained up. 
we keep trying to break out of these negative defaults and we keep getting kicked back to the default. But praise God, as you take accountability, as you forgive, God will reset those defaults to to produce righteous things and the negative reaping will stop whenever we take accountability for the things that have happened. You know, a lot of things that happen to us are not our fault. And so, you know, for example, when a child's molested, that's not that's not his fault that he was molested. But our our sin comes in for the um, because of the negative ways that we respond to our hurt. We can go to the throne of grace and we can forgive that person, and we'll become better instead of bitter. But if we don't go to God with it, we become bitter. Uh, better is better than bitter. And bitterness will kill you. It's like drinking poison and waiting for someone else to die. And so bitterness only destroys you. And so we have to repent of bitterness. But God wants to reset these defaults in our life to produce righteous things and not negative things. And this is what the Bible calls working out our salvation with fear and trembling. There's not one of us that have grown up with perfect parenting. I mean, because... Parents are human. You can have the best parents in the world, but they're not perfect. And so uh, Matthew 7 says that the house built on the rock will stand. And, of course, we know the rock is Jesus. And, you know, when the daily pressures uh, of life weigh heavily upon us, the floodwaters of our anxieties, they rise against us and we, and we crumble. We, we give up, quit, and want to bail out. And if we're married, we want a divorce. And so when we're born again... We're in a position for God to to change those foundations from bad to good and to to rebuild our foundations upon the rock, Jesus. In uh, Isaiah 61, it says, The Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the afflicted. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to captives and freedom to prisoners, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord, the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to grant those who mourn in Zion, giving them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of the spirit of fainting, so they'll be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. And they will rebuild the ancient ruins. They'll raise up the former devastation. And that's what we do when we take accountability, when we deal um, deal with our sin, when we forgive others and he will rebuild the ruined cities. You know, Jesus, Jesus, when speaking to the disciples, he said to the disciples that he was the light of the world, but he said, you are the light of the world. He said, let your light so shine before men that they, that they see your good works and glorify my Father who's in heaven. He said, for a city on a hill cannot be hidden. And so he refers to us as a city. And so we get these ruined cities rebuilt through repentance. The desolations of many generations, that's what's come down on us through the sins of our fathers. And the more dysfunctional your family was when you grew up, the more uh, issues that we have. That's why God tells parents, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he won't depart from it. But you know, if you were an illegitimate child, if you were conceived out of wedlock, um, your, your foundations start off from the very beginning to be shaky. For example, if a parent gets pregnant out of wedlock, um, 
immediately it's a problem and they might cherish the child after he's born or they might not cherish the child but the child is born with a root of rejection born with shame abandonment um um, born with a spirit of rebellion because he's considered he's conceived in rebellion born with a spirit of lust because he's conceived in lust and then he hears his grandparents being upset because daughter or son's pregnant then he hears what they say you know, little babies can hear in the womb uh, to prove it. In I believe it's in Luke where um, John the Baptist was in, Mary, was in Elizabeth's womb. And when Mary greeted Elizabeth, it says that uh, the, the baby leaped with joy and, and was filled with the Holy Spirit. So we can be filled with the Holy Spirit in the womb or we can be filled with the unholy spirit depending on what we hear. So uh, a child that's, that's born out of wedlock can um, can um, can be filled with many unholy things, but but the good news is that God will set us free when we take accountability and when we forgive. And and you know we can say I forgive my parents for all for everything I've forgiven them. Well, we have to forgive them for each instance. And, you know, I had great parents, but I've been forgiving them for things for years and asking God to forgive me for how I treated them. But um, a child that's conceived out of wedlock, for example, he, he starts off in the womb wounded because of being, of being wounded in the womb. And the Bible says that an illegitimate child or a bastard child cannot enter the sanctuary of the Lord. That doesn't, matter, that doesn't mean that he, you can't be saved if you're illegitimate. What that means is that that um, the sanctuary of the Lord, for example, is a spiritual place. It's like the dwelling in the secret place of the Most High God. The scripture says in Proverbs 18 that the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous can run into it and are safe. And so, um, but, but a person that, that is conceived illegitimately, there's just many, many wounds, but God wants to heal them all. But first of all, you've got to be born again. And then, then you've got to take accountability for these things. And when I pray for people, I bring them into the sanctuary of the Lord. I lead them to forgive their parents for conceiving them illegitimately, to forgive all the things that I just mentioned, and then I bring them into the sanctuary of the Lord. I bring them into that spiritual place. And actually, people can even feel it. They'll say, wow, you know, I felt that. But... If you were illegitimate, it doesn't mean that you you can't be saved. Uh, you may not be saved now, and you may think you are because you prayed the prayer. But you can you can come into the sanctuary of the Lord because of the blood of Jesus. The, Jesus shed His precious blood at Calvary because He knew we were all a piece of work. He knew that we couldn't save ourselves, and so that's why He shed His precious blood at Calvary that you and I can be saved, can be forgiven, can be healed, and can be delivered. And God doesn't want us to live with problem areas. He wants to, he, God is a problem solver. He already has the solutions to everything. But we've got to ask him. And see, this is another issue. If you grew up not being able to ask your mother and daddy or uh, never be, been able for them to teach you or guide you or train you or, or not want the best for you or not forgive you, see, that's you, you, unconsciously, You've received a lie that God's the same way, but he's not. God is God is nothing like our mothers and fathers. And for us to even go to God, we have to have to see his true character and his true nature. And I think it was last month I taught on 
uh, a fainting spirit. So, you know, if you're listening tonight and you want to know more about that, go into the archives or you can go uh, on to jerrymcgee.com and you can, the message is probably on there. There's, there's, there's messages, there's articles you can read. There's, you can sign up for our email list, which you should do if you're living in, the, especially if you're living in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, because you would need directions to come to our meetings if you want to come. And so, also, I'll tell you this: I'm at Lake Hamilton Bible Camp every holiday, and uh, we have prayer teams that pray for deliverance over people. And so, I encourage you to go. You can go to lakehamiltonbiblecamp.com and get all the information that you need. It's very inexpensive to go. Every morning we we pray for people from 6 to 8 o'clock and sometimes 9 o'clock. And people that come there go away freer and freer. I see lives changed. People that we've been praying for over the years, seeing how, um, how their lives change and how the glory of the Lord is on them. And you know, deliverance is like peeling an onion. You can get a few layers off, and then there's more layers and more layers. And I've been getting delivered, which is really a part of the sanctification process. I've been getting delivered uh, every day just about. I pray deliverance over myself. And uh, I can tell you God is through that. God is is letting me live um, um, a healthy life. I thank God for that. I'm almost 80 and I'm on no medication because the Lord has shown me that when I repent, healing comes. And so a few weeks ago or a few months ago, I was on this program and I coughed so much, I was almost embarrassed. Had I known I was going to be coughing so much, I wouldn't even have been on the thing. But I went through that without without even an aspirin, just, just repenting. The Lord showed me I'd been running off my mouth at some of these politicians. And God doesn't want us running off at the mouth. And he disciplines every son whom he loves. I, and I love God's discipline because when he disciplines us, um, it's, for our, it's for our godliness. It's for our, uh, that he might sanctify us so that we can be conformed into his image. And I'll continue reading now in Isaiah 61, verse 4. It says, then they'll rebuild the ancient ruins. They'll raise up the former devastation. They will... Uh, repair the ruined cities, the desolations of many generations, and all of us are products of the desolations of many generations. We're born with so much stuff. He says, strangers will stand and pasture your flocks. Foreigners will be your farmers and your vine dressers. You'll be called priests of the Lord. You'll be spoken of as ministers of our God after deliverance, and you'll eat the wealth of nations, and in their riches you will boast. And instead of your shame, you'll be given a double portion. Instead of humiliation, you will rejoice over your portion and you will receive a double portion in the land and everlasting joy will be theirs. Hallelujah. What a promise. And so as the Holy, as we allow the Holy Spirit to search the innermost parts of our body uh, and our spirit man, and we can repent over the stored, the, the, um, the, the stored garbage that's been stored down in our heart, which are the really the unresolved issues of our heart. And, um, and God will give us a, a new foundation and, and a renewed mind and a renewed spirit. You know, there are those people who don't believe that because a person is joined, his spirit is joined with Christ, that he can uh, have a wounded spirit. 
But I, we're talking about when we're talking about a wounded spirit. I'm talking about a wounded human spirit. This can even be the the cause of, of back problems. For example, we think that our skeleton holds our body up, but our spirit man is what holds our body up. And if you just would draw a diagram of a uh, the uh, the shape of, outward shape of a man, and inside draw another shape of a man inside that, which would represent the spirit man. If that spirit man is crushed, it throws our back out of kilter, and a wounded spirit is one of the the causes of back problems. And backsliding is really the major cause of uh, back problems. And so we're talking about our human spirit, and I want to give you a scripture that just proves that our our spirit, our human spirit, can be wounded. In First Thessalonians five twenty two twenty three, it says. And may the God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray that your whole soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And there's things that God tells us that we have to put off, and there's things that we have to put on. In Ephesians uh, 4.21, it says, If you have been hurt in him and have... uh, been taught by him the truth that's in Jesus, then put off the former conversation of the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on the new man, which after God was created in righteousness and true holiness. Wherefore, put away lying, speak the truth each with his neighbor, for we're all members of one another, Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, neither give place to the devil. So every time we let the sun go down on our anger, we give place to the devil, and we're in bondage in that area. If you think back over your life, think about how many times you've let the sun go down on your anger, and in all those areas, I can tell you, you're in bondage wherever you let the sun go down on your anger. That's why you shouldn't allow anger in your life. You shouldn't allow fear. In fact, the Bible says perfect love casts out fear, and fear is faith in what the devil tells you. And so um, God tells us that we're to fear not. In fact, whatever you fear, Job says, will come upon you. What I fear came upon me, and what I dreaded befall me. So because fear is the opposite of faith, uh, faith demands a response. If you're having faith in your fear and what the devil's telling you, it's going to come about. That's why you've got to deal with every fear in your life to be an overcomer in Christ Jesus. Don't allow negative emotions. Find out how they got there and repent and forgive. Repent um, of letting the sun go down on your anger. In Colossians 3, 8, it says, but, but now you put off all these things, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication from your mouth, uh, lie not to one another, seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds and put on the new man, which is renewed, which is um, renewed in the knowledge after the image of them him that created him. And so, the negative treasure of the heart is the land that we have to possess. You know, the the children of Israel had a physical land to possess, and of course, we have a spiritual land to possess 
And there's things on our land. In First Corinthians 3, 9, it says that you, you and I are building. We're a house. We're a field. And in, in Mark 4 and Luke 8 and Matthew 13, it says we're soil. Um, and so the negative treasure of our heart is the land, the things that the, the, is the land that we have to possess. And this is how we work out our salvation with fear and trembling is to ask the Lord when these things come up, ask the Lord how, how they got there. How did this get stored down in my heart? How did this become an evil treasure? And says, and then whenever we take accountability for these things, then this is the sanctification of the soul which produces holiness. God says without sanctification or without holiness, no man will see the Lord. And so we, we've, the wrong treasure has been stored in our heart. Wherever we have wrong treasure, we're going to react. Either we'll silently react within or we'll blow up and explode over someone else. And so, uh, but when we, but when we have, when we're healed, then we can respond out of love and we won't react. And so when we turn from the idolatry in our life or whatever we promised that was not going to happen or whatever we've let the sun go down on and we say, when I grow up, life's going to be different. When we turn from that idolatry and back to God, then uh, God heals our wounded spirit. Um, and, you know, the, the greatest wounding comes into our life through our parents, especially our father, which says, Fathers, provoke not your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Uh, the word um, father there means nourisher, provider, and sustainer. It really means the authority. It could be your mother. It could be the authority figure of the home if you have no mother. Uh, but your daddy still, if he's not there, he's wounded you greatly because he's supposed to be there. He's supposed to uh, be your nourisher, your provider, your sustainer. And so, and so to receive healing, we have to forgive our mother, our father, our stepfathers, our stepmothers, our the people that raised us. If you were raised in an orphanage, you've got to forgive all the authority figures in your life foster parents, step-parents, every person that has had an influence in your life. But it really goes back to your real mother and father, too, because they're the ones that are supposed to be there for you. They're the ones that are supposed to love you, take care of you, nurture you. And if you didn't grow up with that, see, there's other these are other things that you have to forgive. For example, if your mother and daddy never wanted you, say they gave you away, there's a spirit of abandonment. Then you fear, if you have a spirit of abandonment, you're afraid everybody's going to leave you. If you're married, you're going to you're, have a fear that your wife's going to leave you, your husband's going to leave you. You know, when you judge your parents, for example, if you grew up with parents that reject you and abandon you, then uh, say you have a mother that abandons you or a father that abandons you, then that really clouds your view of men and women and authority figures. And then you get married, and then you're all of a sudden accusing that other partner of doing the same thing that your mother and daddy did to you. But praise God, he wants to heal that, and he wants to restore you. When you forgive and you deal with these things, um, then God heals them. God is a healing God. He loves to heal you. He, he loves for you to ask him what the problem is. You know, if you grew up and you couldn't ask your mother and daddy anything, then the lie is you can't ask God anything. And so what you do is you take a nosedive every time you have a problem. And if you go to God with your problems, 
you'll get strengthened, confirmed, established, and perfected. And if you don't, you come short of the grace of God and you receive a root of bitterness. But the word father, uh, it says, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, which means don't arouse them to wrath, don't exasperate them. Um, And it's denoting an eternal emotion which affects a person's disposition, their temper, their character. Um, It causes a person to be... um, uh, melancholy, which means to be kind of morbid or negative or sullen or morose or um, have a you know a sour disposition, and so um, we either express this or we su- we suppress it. If we're provoked to anger, we either express this anger or we suppress it. And suppressed emotions have to be unlocked if you don't deal with. Um, if you don't deal with negative emotions, they'll eventually they'll make you sick. I remember once I I was in a meeting. Well, first of all, there was a man that asked me to pray for him once because he had anger, and um, and I prayed for him and I couldn't get anything to leave. I didn't really have an understanding of it. And then later I saw some other people pray for him and they knew how to pray for him, and uh, they unlocked his anger and this. This huge man threw a fit in the floor. I mean, all of this pent-up anger of 50 years was manifested, and and the, and the man was healed just through having his emotions unlocked. And so ask God to unlock your emotions in a safe place, somebody that knows what to do with them. In this scripture where it says, Fathers provoke not your children to anger, it means um, that that when a child is provoked, he'll stretch forth, he'll stretch after something else to grasp something um, or cause him to desire something or reach after something. If he doesn't know he can go to God, then what he does, unfortunately, he'll turn to um, he'll turn to something else, which is idolatry. And if the something isn't God he's turning to, it's an idol. Would you agree? Uh, and you can just name some idols. You know, um, when I grow up, I'm going to find somebody that loves me. I'm going to find somebody that will never leave me. I'm going to find somebody that will um, cherish me, be affectionate to me, love me, be faithful to me, take care of me, provide for me. Basically, everything my parents didn't do, and it's idolatry. And what happens is when I make a judgment on my parents, It sets in motion forces that cause me to keep reaping the same old thing because of those judgments. The scripture says in Deuteronomy, honor your father and mother that all will be well with you and that your days will be long upon the earth. Uh, And so that's a commandment with a promise. And so in every area that my life is not going well, I can trace it back to the violation of that commandment, not honoring my mother and father. Every time I let the sun go down on my anger when my mother and father have hurt me, um, I dishonor my parents. You know, honor doesn't mean you have to like them or pattern your life after them or if they're satanic, you don't even have to fellowship with them. But it means that that you forgive them by sundown or in, in later years when we're asking God to show us. It means we go back and we forgive them and then the Lord sets us free. And so when we're provoked to anger, we'll do one of two things. You'll either go to God with it and forgive, ask God to forgive you and forgive, 
or you'll turn to something else, and that something else is an idol that causes you to keep on reaping the same old hurt, and you'll keep going around the mountain, and you'll keep on getting hurt, you'll keep on getting your buttons pushed, and you will not have any victory till you take all this to the cross. The good news is God wants you to be victorious, and promises of God are to the overcomer, not to those that are overcome. If you're, if you're listening to me now and you're living an overcoming life, praise God. But if, you're, if you're, everything in life causes you to be overwhelmed or overcome, you're just very wounded, and God wants to heal you. And the good news is he will heal you, but you need deliverance and you need repentance. And it's not going to be a one-time deliverance session. It's a process that takes a lifetime. But praise God, you'll get, it'll get better and better as you deal with your sin. It's been my experience. And so if we don't go to God, we will just keep on, um, we'll just keep on living after the idol, keep on being hurt, keep on being wounded. Colossians 3.21 says, Fathers, provoke not your children to anger, lest they be discouraged, which means spiritless. It means um, disillusioned. It means dismayed. New American Standard says, don't exasperate them, lest they lose heart, which means to become morose, sourness of temper, sullen, uh, signifying dwelling on lewd thoughts, gloomy. Um, peevish, fretting, fretful. Proverbs fifteen, thirteen says, a joyful, which means an undefiled heart, makes a cheerful face. So when the heart is sad, which means to work, to carve out and to worship and serve an idol. The spirit is broken, which means sad, afflicted, stricken. In another translation, broken means wounded. Sad, afflicted, stricken, from a word meaning to smite or drive away. Proverbs 17:22 says, a joyful, undefiled, which, uh, you know, we've been talking about the treasure of a heart. Whatever is negative, a negative treasure is a defilement that's down in the heart. Good treasure is the good things that are produced by the good things that happen in our life. But a joyful means a heart that's got good treasure. Undefiled heart is a good medicine. It means it gives a happy healing. But a broken or a wounded spirit is sad, smitten, afflicted which dries up the bones. And we know that bones are vital constituents of the blood and very important. The Bible says that um, jealousy and envy rottens the bones. There's so many scriptures on the bones. And so so if if our spirit man is uh, smitten, afflicted, and our bones are dried up, what's this to say about arthritis and bursitis and all kinds of uh, problems with our bones. So by this, can you see that sickness is really coming out of the defilement, the defilement or out of the evil treasure of the heart that's not been dealt with? Most, what is so sad is most people today in the church don't know to work out their salvation with fear and trembling. They don't deal with their issues. And, you know, they have a religious spirit, which people with religious spirit, they don't ever deal with the heart issues. They deal with the outward appearance. 
Pharisees. So I hope by this you can see that sickness is coming out of a broken spirit, uh, a sore place down in the heart. And if we don't deal with it, eventually it will work out in sickness. Proverbs 18.14 says, Spirit of a man, which means a steadfast, rational mind of a man, can endure his sickness, but a broken spirit who can bear, or wounded spirit who can bear. What this means is that in the area that I'm steadfast, I can take whatever happens to me. But when I have a broken, wounded spirit, everything causes me to take a nosedive or crash or get depressed or get discouraged or want to bail out or quit or give up. It says, if I've got a broken spirit, I can't bear the things I go through. But if I have a steadfast, rational mind, I can. And see, the more you deal with these issues of your heart, the more steadfast you'll become. Does it happen overnight? No, it's a process. And basically, it takes a lifetime. God says the promises of God are the overcomer. I've overcome so many things in my life that I would never want to go back one day. Every day gets better. Um, I can tell you that I'm happier today than I was uh, when I was 18, 20 years old. I don't have as much baggage as I had then. I have things that distress me. Yes, I I admit that. But I'm telling you, I'm going to see the victory. I'm seeking God for the victory, and I will see the victory because God says, if you hopefully wait for him, you'll not be put to shame. And so when we have a broken spirit, we'll react. And God wants us to be able to respond in love. When our spirit man is healed, then everything, every issue in life will enable us to talk to people without getting our feelings hurt or without uh, being mean or angry. And God wants to heal all of that. And here are some of the symptoms of a broken, wounded spirit. You don't have to have all of these, but just some of them is that you're touchy. You know, people can talk about you, talk to you about anything, but they better lay off certain areas of your life that you're touchy. And I was touchy in the area of you could talk to me about anything, but don't talk to me about the way I ate. And so because of being uh, having my parents just every day uh, criticize me, <clears throat> and I grew up with parents, instead of saying, no, you can't have it, my mother would say, I'd say, Mom, can I have the candy bar? Can I have the banana? <clears throat> and finally... I could wear her down. She was a precious mother, but she was an enabler. And eventually, she, and finally, she'd just say, "Oh, go ahead and eat it, you big old stand up in the road." And so she would curse me with the words. And God wants us to discipline our children. I asked my mother once why she didn't discipline me. She said, "I could, I could have killed you, and it would have done no good." But it would have, it would have, because she didn't, and God has disciplined me. Thank God he's been merciful to me. A person with a wounded spirit will be quick-tempered. Every little thing can make them angry. They live in contention and strife. They just can't seem to get over the hump. They may be on the mountaintop one minute and down the pit the next. Uh, There's an inner rawness and a soreness down in their heart that just doesn't want to come to healing. They have a fainting spirit, which means they just want to give up and quit. They're like one of these little paper airplanes you fly up they're having a wonderful day and then when a problem comes up they take a nosedive you know if you throw these little paper airplanes you can make a beautiful little plane out of paper and you let it sail through the air and then it'll just go clunk it takes a nosedive 
And so that's called a fainting spirit. Or um, There's a continual grief and sorrow. The Bible says that grief wastes away the eye. Um, they're negative and cynical. Um, no vision. The Bible says my people perish for the lack of vision. Mistrust. They don't trust. They, they make, you know, even maybe make an agreement with death. How many people just wish they could die? I heard somebody say the other day about uh, something that if, um, that if something happened to them, they wouldn't have to go to work. In other words, if they died, then that means they didn't have to go to work again. And they didn't know that they were putting a curse on themselves. You know, if you wish you were dead or you make death wishes or you make statements like that, you open yourself up to a spirit of death. You better ask God to forgive you and break that vow of death. Um, could feel restricted. There used to be a girl in my ministry that she was so wounded that she would snub, you know, like a little kid. She'd go, <gasps> like you have seen, you seen a little kid that's trying to catch his breath or maybe we got his feelings hurt or he's getting a spanking and he's snubbing. She would snub. Um, bitterness and unforgiveness. Um, they seek comfort from another person instead of seeking comfort from the Lord. A deep sense of shame and guilt. Uh, they fall apart, crumble by the least the, the least of circumstances causes them to fall apart. There's just no stability in their lives. And of course, for us to get over this, we've got to recognize the areas where we get our button pushed. Um, Ask the Lord to show you, ask the Holy Spirit to show you how, where, when, how it happened. Forgive, ask God to forgive you for anything you did. Repent of letting the sun go down on your anger. Repent of not honoring your mother and father. Um, Repent of your sin. Um, Forgive anyone that sinned against you. Ask God to forgive you for anyone you sinned against. Break soul ties, because through a soul tie, you can carry the familiar spirits, the demons, the mental problems, the sicknesses of whoever you have a soul tie with. And then turn back from the idol you turn to, turn back to God. And so um, I want you just to, um, I'm going to be pray deliverance over you, and I'm sure the Lord has shown you some things. And so, Father, I pray right now that you'll show each person who's listening in every place where they get their button pushed. And show them what rains on their parade, what causes them to have <clears throat> to have a bad day that started out as a happy day. God, in the name of Jesus, I just ask you that you uh, bind each person to the truth that sets them free. In Jesus' name, Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that your Holy Spirit will be uh, set each person who's listening free from a wounded spirit. And those of you who are listening in, be thinking about now what what um, what pushes your button, and ask the Lord to show you why what happened to you. Where was this negative treasure stored down in your heart? What happened to you as a child? And I'm going to be praying for you, and I'm going to lead you in repentance some more, and you repent of whatever the Lord shows you. I'm sure by now the Lord's already shown you some areas of your life. Uh, things that have happened in your life that's opened you up to the pain and and to these hurtful, sore areas that have been stored down in your heart. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I come to you presenting my body. And pray with me if you're listening. I come to you, Lord, first of all, 
And, Lord, if I've not been born again, I want to be born again. I'm willing to, to deny myself and take up my cross and follow you. For, Jesus, you said that no man can come to you lest he denies himself, lest he takes up his cross and follows you. And so, Father, I, I come to you now, and, Lord, I tell you I'm willing to deny myself, give up my life to follow you. And, Lord, I ask to be born again. I ask your Holy Spirit to fill me with your, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Have your Holy Spirit possess me, Lord. And I ask that you take out my stony heart and give me a heart of flesh. And, Father, forgive me for all the times I've let the sun go down on my anger. I forgive my mom and dad, Lord, that for the areas of them not loving me, not wanting me, abandoning me, uh, conceiving me illegitimately, uh, I forgive um, my parents for all the words they spoke over me while I was in the womb. I forgive my grandparents for what they said to me when I was uh, in the womb, for what I heard them say. Father, I didn't know I could go to you because my parents provoked me to anger and didn't train me up in the way I should go. Lord, I didn't go to you. I turned to promises I made myself, which were which which is idolatry. Forgive me for turning to idols instead of turning to you. Forgive me for letting the sun go down on my anger and on my pain. Lord, I forgive my parents for um, for um, not training me up in the way I should go. And Lord, forgive me that um, that the negative treasure in my heart has caused me to have negative evil thoughts and caused me to speak evil. Father, I want to make the tree good and the fruit good. Father, forgive me for um, running off at the mouth. Forgive me, Lord, for the words that I've spoke. Uh, God, forgive me for bringing forth an evil treasure. Father, I ask you in the name of Jesus that you will um, cause my words to be um, justified. And, Lord, when I speak a negative word, I ask you to let me hear what I'm saying so I can find out why I said it, so I can repent. You said I can't tame the tongue, but, Lord, if I get my heart right, then the words will be right. And, Lord, forgive me for um, defiling myself with evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, uh, lies, thefts, false witness, murders. God, forgive me for um, having a religious spirit. Lord, I want to be born again. I want my life to be changed. Lord, thank you that you are the life changer. I want to be uh, born again. I want the things in my life. I want to be a new creation, Lord, in Jesus' name. Lord, forgive me for not building my house on a rock. Lord, forgive me for taking nosedives and crumbling over the least problem. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you will give me beauty for ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, a mantle of praise instead of a spirit of fainting. Lord, that I might be an oak of righteousness, the planting of the Lord. Lord, I pray for for a mantle of praise, a garment of a garland of instead of a garland of ashes. Lord, I ask for a mantle of praise. Uh, God, in the name of Jesus, I just ask you to rebuild my former devastation. I ask you, Lord, to rebuild the ruined cities. As I take accountability for the things you've shown me, I want my whole spirit, soul, and body to be preserved blameless until the day of the coming of the Lord Jesus. God, I, I want to put off the former 
conversations, the old man which is corrupt with deceitful lust, Lord, and I want to be renewed in the spirit of my mind. And, Lord, I want to put on the new man, which is um, which after God is created in righteousness and holiness. Lord, I put away lying. I, I, I want to speak the truth with others. I want to speak the truth in love. Forgive me for all the times I've let the sun go down on my anger. Lord, I want to put off anger. Forgive me for anger, wrath, blasphemy, filthy communication. Forgive me for lying, Lord. I want to put on the new man, which is uh, which is renewed in the knowledge after the image of, of you that created me, Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, um, forgive me for wanting to give up and quit and bail out. Uh, Father, in the name of Jesus, forgive me for being morose. Forgive me for being sullen. Forgive me for stretching forth after idols. God, in Jesus' name, I forgive my mother and father for wounding my spirit, provoking me to anger. Uh, I forgive my mother and father for abandoning me, for not wanting me, for conceiving me illegitimately. Father, I forgive me for suppressing anger. Lord, I ask you to unlock every person that's locked up. I take the keys to the kingdom and I unlock their anger. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I ask you to cause them not to stuff emotions anymore but to speak the truth in love father in the name of jesus i just forgive me for not honoring my mother and father forgive me lord life has not gone well in these areas because i didn't hadn't forgiven them in the past god i forgive them for provoking me to anger discouraging me making me spiritless making me um dismayed discouraged, exasperated, gloomy. Lord, I I ask for a joyful heart that makes a cheerful face. Forgive me for having a sad heart, carving out and worshiping and serving idols. Uh, Lord, forgive me for um, not turning to you, which has caused my spirit man to be broken, afflicted, smitten, driven away. God, I, I'm, my physical body has been is sick because of sin, because of all the times I've held unforgiveness, let the sun go down on my anger. God, give me a steadfast, rational mind. God, forgive me for being touchy. Forgive me for being quick-tempered. Forgive me for being filled with contention and strife. God, forgive me for being overwhelmed and overcome instead of being, overcome, being an overcomer. Forgive me for being better. Bitter instead of better. God, forgive me for, uh, I ask you to heal all the raw, sore places down in my heart. I ask you to deliver me from a fainting spirit. Lord, I ask you to remove the grief and the sorrow. Forgive me for the sorrow that leads to death. Forgive me for being negative and cynical. God, forgive me that they've had no vision. I've been discouraged, feeling hopeless. I haven't trusted anyone. Forgive me for all the times that I wish I were dead. Forgive me for making death wishes. Lord, would you liberate my lungs from being restricted? Forgive me for being bitter and unforgiving. God, forgive me for seeking comfort out of people, out of my mate, instead of seeking comfort from you. Lord, I believe the lie that you didn't want to comfort me. I believe the lie that you were like my mother and dad, that you didn't want me either. That's a lie. 
God, forgive me for um, for not bringing my shame and my guilt to the cross. God, I ask you to forgive me for uh, falling apart over the least circumstance. And, Lord, I take accountability for these areas where I've got my button pushed. And, Lord, I ask you to heal these areas. And I just repent. I break soul ties with my mother and father and every person who's ever hurt me. I cut and sever every cord of control linking their souls to mine. Call back my soul and spirit from them, cleansed, sanctified, and made whole by the blood of Jesus. And, Lord, I turn from my idols. I turn to you. And I thank you and praise you. Now, in the name of Jesus, I command every sore place to be healed, every raw wound to be healed. Lord, I press them out. I bandage them. I soften them with oil. I command all spirits of anger and bitterness and unforgiveness and fear. I break the curses of abandonment. I break the curses of illegitimacy. I bring each person into the sanctuary of the Lord that has prayed this prayer with me in the name of Jesus. I forgive my parents that I was not born under your refuge, Lord. Lord, I was born outside of your refuge, and I just want to come into your refuge, Lord. You said your name is a strong tower, and I can run into it and be safe. And so, Lord, I run into the name of Jesus. That's a strong tower. Thank you that it's more real than the room I'm sitting in. In Jesus' name, I praise you, Lord. Now, every spirit of depression, despair, hopelessness, Anger, wrath, bitterness, resentment, leave every person that's listening to me right now in the name of Jesus. I command moroseness, self-pity to go, discouragement to go, depression, hopelessness, I command you to go. All fear, you have to go in the name of Jesus. Broken heart, I break your power. I command the spirit of a broken heart to leave now. I command uh, sickness, distress, disease, leave now. I command all spirits of of a broken spirit, wounded spirit, broken bones, go now in Jesus' name. Arthritis has to go now in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, all spirits of mind control and sorcery, you have to leave now in the name of Jesus. All spirits of shame, all spirits of illegitimacy, all spirits that came in through being illegitimately conceived, all spirits of abandonment, you have to leave. All spirits of of uh, rejection, the root of rejection. I cast you out now in the name of Jesus. I command and cast out in the name, power, blood, and authority of Jesus, the spirit of lust, the spirit of rebellion, the spirit of Antichrist, the spirit of Jezebel, the spirit of Ahab, have now mental illness, insanity. You go now in Jesus' name. All spirits of anger, contention, and strife leave now in Jesus' name. You have to go. And, Lord, in Jesus' name, I, I rebuild the ruined cities. I raise up the former devastations. Lord, I ask in Jesus' name that all the evil treasure will be turned into good treasure as they seek answers for the evil treasure that comes forth from their lives. And, Lord, I just thank you and praise you for what you've done in each person's life who's listening in. And pray with me, Lord, fill me with love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and self-control in the name of Jesus. Now, if you're listening in and if you want a personal prayer, I'm going to hang around a little bit. And if you want prayer, you can call me at 646-595-4784. And don't forget to press 1. And um, I'll just wait a little while and uh, be be sure and listen in again on the, the third Tuesday of the month from 6 
at 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Central Time. You can email me at jerrymcgee at sbcglobal.net. You can sign up for my emails if you go into jerrymcgee.com and sign up for to be on my email list. And there's um, there's free CDs to listen to. There's articles to read. There's uh, there's books I've written on. Um, I wrote a book called Resetting Life's Negative Reaping Patterns, and that book shows you how to uh, basically uh, reset all the negative things to turn it from, from negative to positive. I wrote a book on grief. Um, it's called Exchanging Sorrow to Joy. And um, my, I lost my youngest son with AIDS when he was 25 years old. And I've had two husbands leave me. And um, lost my mom and my dad. And so, you know, the Bible says that if we, um, there's a sorrow that leads to death and there's a sorrow that leads to repentance. And God's healed my grief. And um, I've written a little book on rejection, one one called um, Entering God's Rest, uh, Conquering Giants. And we all have giants in our life. Uh, a little book called Clearing the Land. You can actually get deliverance from from uh, just going through clearing the land. It shows you curses to break, generational curses to break. Um, it shows you um, uh, prayers to pray of how to break soul ties, and uh, it's $5. You can order it online. You can order other CDs also online. And sign up for uh, to be on my, on my email list. If you're in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, I just welcome you to come to our uh, meetings in Duncanville, which is the second Saturday of the month, starts at 10 o'clock, and it's over usually by 3 or 4 o'clock and sometimes 5 o'clock. But we do deliverance all day, do personal prayer. Invite you to come to Lake Hamilton Bible Camp. There's a memorial camp uh, coming up on Memorial Day. And go to LakeHamiltonBibleCamp.com. Uh, um, and so... Uh, be sure and contact us if we can help you. Just email me at jerrymcgee at sbcglobal.net. And if we don't have any callers, we'll just close the show and hope you'll listen in again the second Tuesday in May. God bless you. May the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you. Until we are on again, we'll be talking to you then. The second um Third, I'm sorry, third Tuesday of the month. God bless you. Love